Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 to verse 3 of chapter 2. With his word, God created the heavens and the earth. That would be my theme for today. By and large, Genesis is regarded as one of the most difficult books of the Bible to preach. For that reason, preachers, if at all possible, try to avoid Genesis. If they do, they will be confronted with troublesome questions. Is the earth young or old? What is the age of the earth? 300,000 years or 5 or 8 million years or some ridiculous years of uh, radiocarbon dating as evolutionary theory claims in the secular world. Were the days in Genesis chapter 1 24 hours uh, of 20 Uh, 24-hour days, thus six days creation. What about murder, genocide, wars, strife, and jealousy between brothers and wives, deception, and so and so forth? Are they really worth of preaching today? I have decided to preach from Genesis not because I am confident to know how to handle those uh, troublesome or controversial uh, uh, topics and questions well, but I am, I am happy to be challenged to, to preach Genesis because, because that's the only one reason we can find Christ even in Genesis. The Old Testament, and Genesis in particular, is the shadow of Christ, our Savior. There are prophecies, historical events, symbols, and even promises in Genesis that point us to our Savior, Christ Jesus. That is the reason we're going to study Genesis. Therefore, we should expound Genesis, which comforts God's fearful people in the Old Testament time with knowledge that their God Their Lord is sovereign creator who controls the world's destiny and theirs. Despite the fact we live in a world of uh, unpredictable powers such as disasters. Maybe we know, we have a fresh memory of a flood in January. Disease, social injustice with an an economical, political, and religious system of evil being described in Revelation. 
and even death. Our God is sovereign creator who controlled the world's destinies and ours. That is our God. Today, let us notice the fact that with his power, with his powerful words, God created the earth as his good kingdom. Undoubtedly, his word has creative power. Genesis 1 begins, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth means the entire universe. He created the entire universe by his word. Anyway, this opening sentence also shows its subject of the Bible, of Genesis, is God. He's the only one must be remembered and mentioned. It shows first and foremost truth of the Bible. That is God and him alone. Interestingly enough, the Hebrew uh, uh, language used a plural word for God called Elohim. That is actually plural. But I use a singular word for created. From our uh, uh, ability, it doesn't make sense. But that's the way the Hebrew word described. So let me give you examples. In verse 26, we read, Then God said, Let us, let us make a man in our image according to our likeness. God said, Let us create, let us make a man in our image according to our likeness. It is a clear statement about the Trinity with the us and ours and the plural Elohim are considered alongside with the Spirit, the Spirit of God in verse 2, being active in creation. In other words, God created Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created man in their image, if I may say. We can also discover the New Testament teaching about the pre-existence of the world and his creative activity. It displays the significance of, uh, uh, of, the, new, uh, of the Trinity that before there was a universe, there was a wholeness and a completeness about God in his three-person relatedness, which made him utterly and totally self-sufficient. Nevertheless, Genesis in particular does not send out to prove God. We are not here to prove God because he is bigger than any mathematical calculation, scientific 
proof of philosophical argument. The very fact of creation bears testimony to the reality of God. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expense is declaring the work of his hands, according to Psalm 19 and verse 1. Moses is believed to be the author of Genesis. Beyond any doubt, the first chapter of Genesis is not Moses' thought on God. Far from it. Here is God, the creator, speaking through his servant, Moses. He is telling us of his creation through Moses. God declares that he is the creator, and he created the heavens and the earth. From this, we know that everything that is in the universe had a beginning, and the universe itself had a beginning. However, before the uh, commencement, all things, God was already there. God was already there. He was there when time began. God was there when the universe began. God was not formed or created. He is the one who created time and space and even universe. Whatever and whenever the beginning was, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was there, was there alive and well and active. Like it or not, his creation was already perfect without human beings. Without us, his creation already perfect. Thus, verse 9 says, God saw that it was good. His creation was good. Remember, he said that even before he created Adam, the triune God was always and continued to be complete and entire, needing nothing. We must understand and acknowledge the wonder of God's creation, the wonder of God's grace in choosing to create, create all that is when there was no necessary, uh, necessity for him to do so. He created for his own glory. Keeping this grace of creation in mind, let us notice verse 2, which shifts the focus to the earth. In verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the, of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The earth was a formless desert where nothing can live. What's more, it is, it is pitch black. 
no light at all. All that exists is a formless, empty, dark, deep ocean. Nothing can grow or develop on this earth. It is utter chaos. But God begins to speak. Our God begins to speak. And his word takes on the, on the little darkness. In verse 3, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God first back this deadly darkness with radiant light. Light that will make life on earth possible. Verse 4, and God saw that the light was good. Again, his creation was good. God separated the light from the darkness and he called it uh, called the light day and the darkness he called night. He separates the light from the darkness. God forces the power of chaos, darkness, and water in order to form a livable cosmos. Why? We will see. It is the power of the word again that God said let it separate the waters from the waters. In verse 6, now the earth starts to take on form water below and water above and air to breathe. Again, God speaks in verse 9. God said, let dry ground appear. And it was so. Isn't that great? God said, and it is done. Now, the earth has a definite form. There is not only sky, but there are oceans and land. When God further commands, the land brings forth vegetation in verse 11. The earth is able to sustain life. Now, the earth is able to sustain life. So far, Genesis chapter 1 publicly states that what God commences, he finishes. What God had in plan, he accomplishes. What he promised, he fulfilled. That is the message the church and individual Christians should grasp and hold it on tight. God says, and the things will be done. Thus, Philippians 1 and verse 6 confirms that. He, had, who, he who had begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. In Revelation said, his word true and trustworthy. And he is true. Truly and definitely, God does not leave job half 
done. Look at you and look at my, look at myself and look at on my desk last night and worked on after midnight. And I got piles of papers, half finished. Tonight, I have to go back to my study. I have to finish my assignment. Again, that's half done. But not in the case of God. Thus, we can put our full trust. We can put our full confidence on him. He is our God. He is indeed faithful. and His word is creative and trustworthy and true. Next, we must realize that God's presence among us is absolutely crucial fact. It is absolutely crucial. Without his creating and saving power in our lives, we are a formless void. We are empty. We are in chaos. Everything we say, everything we do, everything we think, everything we have, everything we feel, everything we plan will be in total and utter chaos. Why? Because there is no God. What is more, we are in darkness. Apart from God, we have no purpose. We have no direction. We have no meaning. We have nothing. But God creates. Our God, our creator, gives us life. And he begins his creative and saving work through our Savior Christ Jesus in our lives. And his creation and his word changes formlessness to form and the emptiness to full and meaningless to meaningful life. That is our new life in Christ. That's indeed the life-saving message of our triune God, our triune creator, God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the message that Genesis 1 is telling us and teaching us right now. In Christ, we have a meaning. In Christ, we have life. As a matter of fact, ten times Genesis 1 repeats the, the word, the phrase, God said. Look at your Bible and few Bible again. Almost every verse starts with God said. God said. Verse 2, God said. Verse 6, God said. And 9, again, God said. 11, God said. And 14, and so and so forth. God said. Why is his word then so important issue here? In ancient times, kings were the law of the land. The king speaks, and it was done. No change, no appeal whatsoever. 
No, nothing can reverse the king's word. That's exactly what Genesis portrays. God is the king of kings, and he is the king of the universe. He spoke, it was done accordingly. No physical work, but just word. He created the universe. How powerful God he is. This means that God is the owner of the entire universe. He is the law of the universe. He commands and it happens. Nothing on earth happens without his will and without his word. This also means that God is our king. He is our creator. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the sovereign Lord. With his powerful word, he brought order out of chaos. With his powerful word, he controls the entire universe. It was God who repeatedly spoke the creative word to bring material things into being. And it was he who brought forth man in his own image. Isn't that great to know that? Isn't that great to hear that our God is the creator who is in charge of every affair of the universe and even yours? It is our Lord God who created all things and by his will and providence they exist and were created. Again, we also exist for his creative glory, not him for our need. We don't treat God kind of a bending bending motion. He's not here for us. We are here for his glory and his majesty. That's the very first question of catechism. What is the chief purpose and what is the highest purpose of man? The answer is the chief and highest purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Again, John had Genesis 1 And verse 1, in his mind when he writes concerning our Savior Christ Jesus in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. In the beginning was the Word. He was in the beginning with God. What this verse reveals is that Christ Jesus as the Word of God through him, through whom all things were made. In addition, Jesus was already in existence when creation began. He was there with God in the beginning. He was and is and will be equal with God, the creator in nature, because Jesus Christ himself is God, the Son. What is true, God the Father, is also true of God 
the Son, Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. From this truth, we should acknowledge that we, should, we could not create our own life. We cannot give shape and meaning to our own lives. We cannot change our own destiny. We cannot make ourselves into what we should be and what we are meant to be. Thus, let us admit that only God is the creator. Only he can turn the formless void of our lives into something that makes sense and is worthwhile. It is not our charitable good works, contribution to, lo to the local community, being a law-abiding citizen, being a good Samaritan, our generosity toward the church or, or donkey's ears um, church membership. But only God, only God can create something worthwhile out of us and our lives. If we don't want to stand empty-handed and clueless life here on earth and here again in this life, we should surrender everything we do, everything we plan, everything we have to our God, our Savior Christ Jesus and he is indeed our creator. More importantly, we must surrender ourselves to the king of the universe and the creator of the universe, God the Lord. When the, when the world was headed for destruction, eternal death, God's word manifested the truth saying, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 What's more, our Lord create, our, uh, uh, Christ Jesus created this world and the King of Kings, Christ Jesus, will redeem us and pay the penalty uh, for the sins of the whole world. Think about this. The Creator, the Creator of heaven and earth, now became one of us, came into the world and lived among us who are sinners and died with our sin for the sins of whole world and your sin and my sin. That's his love. This love being uh, described from the very, very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. When God recreates and saves us, we become something entirely new from what we were before. 
as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Every, everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All that is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, but don't be confused. It doesn't mean the poor will become the rich or that the sick person will be suddenly restored to health. It does not mean our miserable life with the turmoil, trials, and hardship will automatically turn into an anxious free life, a sorrow free, uh, free life, and a sickness free life. New in Christ means that we are transformed. We are shifted from death to life. We are no longer under the bondage of sin and its punishment. Of course, the creative truth is that God takes us, he shapes us, and he first finds us, he reconciles us, he gives us direction and the true meaning and purpose of our life. He used our talent, our failures, our success, our strengths, and our, even our weaknesses, our past, present, and the future to his glory. He can redeem even the worst of us and use it to his creative glory and majesty. That's God. That's God's grace and love toward each and every one of us. That is the purpose of his creation. That's the message of Genesis chapter 1 with his word. He created us with his word. He saved us and he even allowed us to glorify him. Let us praise the Lord, our God, who is the creator of heavens and earth. Amen.